Welcome to the Church of Philadelphia podcast. Get ready for this message to ignite your faith as the power and love of God is shared through his word. The name of our sermon series is Kingdom Over Culture. Kingdom Over Culture in the, in the, in the verse, the foundational scripture that, that goes with this sermon series comes from Mark, the fourth chapter, the 31st, and it says, and he said, whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God or with that compare, or what, with what comparison shall we compare it? What can we compare to the kingdom of God? Surely there's nothing that we can compare to what God's doing amongst his people. There's surely nothing that we can compare against what God is, is going to prepare for his people. And so I just want to encourage you this morning. This is an encouraging word this morning that we'll be sharing together, going over together. And today's scripture, we're going to be going over to Daniel. We're going to be flipping over to Daniel, and, and we're going to go from Daniel, the third chapter, and of course, when we start talking about, uh, uh, we start talking about the, the scriptures uh, uh, and all of the things that we're, we're, we're talking about uh, in Daniel, of course, with the, with, the, uh, with the Daniel fast, you'll be participating with that. Uh, that is, it's key that we're going to be going to Daniel. We're starting off with Daniel. But before we get into the word, let's go over the decree, do the decree over the word, if you can. Please say this with us. We decree that this, that my ears, heart, and spirit are open to receive the engrafted word of God, which is quick, alive, and powerful, active in the spirit of meekness. The ground of my life is fertile to nurture and grow the seed of God's word that will produce fruit in my life this week. And I am successful doer of what I will hear today. And I will leave here today full of faith, Love, power, wisdom, and victory. Please forgive me. I'm so excited about this word. I'm so excited about what God's doing. I don't want to forget the decree. Certainly don't want to forget to acknowledge, of course, our apostle and, of course, the overseer of our house, Pastor uh, uh, Lincoln Nelson, uh, his beautiful family, his lovely wife, our first lady, Marisha Nelson, of course, Pastor Katrina, Elders Nadia, Pastor Ivan, Pastor Kerry, everyone in their perspective places my lovely wife, Portia. My beautiful kids, I acknowledge everyone and, and I want to extend uh, greetings to everyone <laughs> again. But once we get into the word, you'll see why I'm so excited. So when we're talking about the, the kingdom being, you know, kingdom over culture, when we start talking about what God wants his people to do. We're going to start thinking about we we think about, you know, there's a choice that we have to make. And that goes into today's message, today's sermon. Uh, sermon theme is choice cuts choice cuts we we there's a choice that we have to make in order for us to uh, uh to to be what we're supposed to be in god we have to make a choice to cut out the culture sometimes and and there has to be a point where you're going to either go with the status quo or you're going to live for this kingdom living and so i just want to encourage you this morning just to to grab hold of what god is going to do hopefully he's going to stir some things up in us and we're going to be able to see where we are as believers and where we should be going as God continues to push us forward. Amen. So even when we start talking about the, uh, the scripture, Daniel, we're going to go to Daniel, the third chapter. And if you can, please stand for the reading of God's word. We're just going to read. I'm, I'm going to read uh the, the word is a lot of scriptures, but we're going to breeze through it, okay? And I'm just going to read it. You just follow along, all right? 
We start off at verse uh, chapter three, verse 12. It says, there are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men of kingdom, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do you not serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? And now if you be ready that at what time you hear the sound of cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning fiery furnace, and who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Verse 16 says, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. And if you be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. Verse 18, but if not be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. We're going to jump over to 23. and says, and these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of burning fiery furnace. And then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and sit and rose up in haste and spake and said unto this council, which did not we cast three bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, true, O king. And he answered and said, lo, I see four men loose while in the midst of the fire and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the son of God. Verse 28, we're gonna finish it up here. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any God except their own God. Therefore, I make a decree that every people, nation, language would speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut into pieces and their houses shall be made a dunghill because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort so far the scriptures choice cuts choice cuts we have to decide what to cut out of the culture and what we're going to take on and take and and and, and, and take on as being uh, uh uh there's a there's a place where we have to say okay this is what the culture is saying but this is for me to either i'm going to follow the status quo or i'm going to be a trailblazer and if you understand anything about what god is purpose purposing for us to do is to is to, to blaze trails. We are a people that are going to put things together. God has placed us in a place where we're going to be putting things together that people are going to follow after and follow suit of what God has put into place. And so I want you, and I, like I said, I'm so excited about this word. And that's something that I want to share with you this morning, because I know that there are so many of us, we've been waiting for some things to happen. There's been some things that we've been trying to do and some things that we're trying to put in place and some things we're trying to set up, but it all comes into fruition when people start to line up and do what God has called them to do. So follow me, let's go into this, this word. And even when we start talking about, you know, those choice cuts, you know, when you, when you hear the saying something like, you know, when in Rome, do what the Romans do, means, you know, there's a benefit to, you know, following after, the doing the things that's the status quo, right? You know, when you think about, you know, even in culture, there's, there's, you know, there, there's a, 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 the, 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 the expression uh, uh, that when you hear, you know, uh, doing things out of, um, 
you know, do as the Romans do. You're thinking about, you know, taking on the local customs and traditions of those people, right? And, the, and there's, uh, you know, it's a common expression that, every, that we've heard over time, you know, and sometimes it's something that, you know, you would hear like, okay, the status quo is the best idea, right? It's the thing that you are supposed to do. But as believers, we have to see that, you know, there's an end, there's where, where this is where culture ends, and this is where we should, this is where kingdom living should begin, right? You have to cut away the culture to be what God has purposed you to be. You have to not follow suit. You not have to do some things differently in order for you to be what God has called you to be. And that's not to say that culture is bad. It's not to say that, you know, that, that there's not some things that are good to it. You know, uh, um, God purpose, when you think about, you know, even when we look at the book of Daniel and how Daniel starts off, you know, it was uh, it was purposeful for, for him to be there at a certain time. It's purposeful for, for uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to see certain things, right? And we start talking about this type, this time frame. You know, we're talking about Babylon. And Babylon, if you don't know, was considered the biggest city that ever existed. And so there's so much there. There's so much culture there. It's an overload. It could be an overload of culture. There's so much happening in the midst of, you know, this time and these people in this time. And God placed Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the midst of all of this. And we start talking about, even when you look further on in the chapter, uh, further up in the chapter, in the third chapter, we're talking about, you know, they're going to be in the midst of, uh, of dignitaries, of judges and treasurers and counselors and sheriffs and rulers and provinces. There's people that are, they're surrounded by, that are speaking to this particular culture. You would, one, one would say that these are the people that would be the influencers of this culture. When you think about, you know, in this day and time, you talk about influence, who are influencers. It's the people that people look to and, you know, want to be influenced or influenced by to see, okay, well, these are things that they should, this is what people are wearing these days. This is what people are listening to. This is how they travel. These are the things that, you know, they're setting the tone and the tenor for the culture of this particular time. And so this is who they are placed in the middle of. And we start looking at when, you know, when, when we're, we're taking in this, this culture, you know, you imagine the music, right? Imagine the food, the language, the sights, the buildings, the clothes, all of these things are definitely things that can influence you if you let it. Even when we start talking about the definition of culture, Culture, if you can put it up uh, for us here, the definition of culture is, culture is defined as a set of predominated attitudes and behaviors that characterize a group of people. And so culture is meant to inspire. Culture is meant to captivate. You know, even when we start talking about another region, you start thinking about, you know, what draws people to a certain place or a certain, uh, 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 to a certain place or a certain region. It's the thing that's supposed to inspire you. And, you know, I was, uh, my wife and I, we were looking at uh, a movie uh, called um, From Scratch or a series on Netflix, From Scratch. And, you know, it starts out with, you know, this young lady, the protagonist, she goes and she's, you know, trying to uh, find herself and, and she's going into, uh, to, to look over um, and be a part of and going to Rome. And, and to, to, and of course she's taken in the sites and to be an artist, you know, she's taken in, of course, you know, the, the, the sculptures and, and the artwork and the beautiful buildings and oh my gosh, the food, you know, everything is so, it, she's immersing herself inside of, uh, of a different culture to be inspired. 
And so culture is supposed to inspire, supposed to, 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 to make you, uh, to, to want to be a part, right? And even when we start looking at, you know, how this looks in the way of, you know, to, in, in every culture, right? Culture brings tourism and tourism brings, you know, in a capitalistic society, you know, everyone eats, you know, if, if, you, if people come, they spend their money, their money comes part of the community that, you know, and, and, and it builds up that empire and, that, and our empire now is great. And even when we lift up and say that, you know, we say what's important and the people say what's important or define what's important and what shines and the greatest people amongst those people are what really get the notice, the, the notice right? And even when we start looking at how culture kind of works its way into uh, the people, and the people works its way, and it works, it works its way back into the culture, and that continues to expand. It's a, it's a, a thing that continues to, 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 to grow. And so, even when we start looking at the narrative, when we talk talking about the comparisons between culture and kingdomhood, there are some vast differences, right? There's uh, even when we start talking about Christianhood. Now, thank you so much for putting this table up. It can, we're going to compare even just looking at Christianhood and what the Bible says. You know, the Bible tells us, let the greatest amongst us serve. Right. What's great in the kingdom uh, of God is humility, patience, love, servitude, meekness, compassion. But when we start talking about human nature, there's some vast differences. Human nature, we keep score. Right. We keep score. We keep track of what we do and, and we look at what's, you know, what we're doing compared to the next person and what compared to what's happening for us. Right. But in the kingdom, God's love is immeasurable. Secondly, payoff, you know, the payoff comes behind because you know, in human nature, the payoff comes because of talent and because how you use your resources. But in the kingdom, in, uh, uh, the inheritance comes by the way of your love and the obedience. And so when you understand, you know, in kingdom is not something, you know, that inheritance, that love, that's something that you get from God. That's not something that you can work your way to. That's just something that you, as you're loving God and as you love his people, that's what gets you, that what, that's what brings you into the kingdom. That's what establishes you in the kingdom. In human nature, we ask God for favors. If you do this, you can do this for me. If I do this for you, you can do this for me. But in kingdomhood, the kingdom way of looking at it, we understand that even as we ask, even if he doesn't do it, he's already done so much. He can do it if he sees fit, but he's already done so much. We have so much to be thankful for. That God's awesome. He's awesome all by himself, even if he doesn't. do it. In human nature, hope is in oneself. It dictates our effort. But in the kingdom, hope in God dictates our actions. And so when we start looking at the difference between culture and kingdom, when we start looking at the difference between human nature and kingdom, there are some things that we are supposed to be able to extract and cut away. There are some great things that come from, there's some success that can come from, human, uh, come from the culture. There's some beauty that can come from the culture. There are some, some exciting things, some great food, some great times that can come from culture. But at the same time, what are you drawing from that? And how are you comparing that to what God really wants you to have in the kingdom? And so what we're going to look at today, we're going to go into the scriptures and we're going to start talking about even when we start looking at this story, we're going to look at the, the, uh, the, the 
uh, what we what we see here in Daniel, the third chapter. But before we get into that, I just want to give you just a brief backstory of who we're talking about here. We're talking about Nebuchadnezzar. He he was, you know, he led Babylon to the victory of Egypt. Judah fell under Babylonian power. Jerusalem was destroyed. And so that's when the people of Jerusalem came into to Babylon. And even when we start talking about the books of the Bible, 2 Kings, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, they all mentioned his name. So he was a bad somebody. His reign was over 40 years. And so also through his contact with the Jews and seeing how God revealed mysteries uh, and saved his people, how God saved his people, he concluded that God must be greatest of all gods. And that also, but at the, also he was also proud. He was a very proud ruler and who's, his, his, his empire building achievements led him to believe that he could ignore God and take no notice to his warnings. But he was no doubt the greatest king of this time. And so even in this time of this period of Babylonian supremacy, he still, he still ran into God and still ran into God's people. And so the, on the other side of that, we're going to look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I know you know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but do you really? What do you know about Shadrach, Meshach? And Abednego. First and foremost, they were renamed. They weren't originally Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were, you know, even with Daniel. Daniel was renamed Belshazzar. Say that three times fast. <laughs> Hananiah was Shadrach. Meshach was Meshach, and Abednego was uh, Azariah. And so they've been renamed. As a matter of fact, when they brought were brought captive and and brought into this scenario the people decided to rename them. And so sometimes we have to make sure, even as we go into the scriptures, we have to understand, even when we're going into different cultures, despite what people call you and despite what people name you, that doesn't necessarily mean that's who you are. I want you to understand and realize that going into some things, going into different cultures, they might call you uh, uh, less than, they might see you as less than, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's who you are. And we, when we look at this scriptures and when we start going into this story that we're talking about, we're talking about the Jews being brought in and them being people, the people that, that were uh, 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 set aside, right? They were set aside. These four, Daniel, uh, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were set aside because they were of a certain people. They were a certain people. The Bible says that there were children of Israel, children with no blemish, well-favored, in knowledge, and had ability. And so they were brought in to be able to teach others. And it was great that they were able to teach others, that they stood out, and they were highly favored. But you have to understand, believer, that even as you are highly favored, and even as there's some things that God's putting you in and makes you stand out, that sometimes put a target on your back. There are some things that God wants to show you and, 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 and show others through you. But even in that, that puts a target on your back. And so some of us, we don't understand why we're put in this position. We don't understand why there's some people that come to us or there's some things that comes our way, some things that come our way. But the reality is, is because you are a certain people. You are a people that are called of God. You are people that are going to be well, highly favored. You are going to be people that have ability. You are going to be people that have knowledge and wisdom. Wisdom of the good thing, the people that, that the thing that people need, that's going to put a target on your back. So don't be afraid. And people start getting, you know, we start, you know, being pulled up to the forefront in certain, certain situations. 
Don't be afraid if you get start if you start getting pulled out and pulled up, uh, set apart and, and, and pulled up, and you start people start taking notice of you, right? Because God says, okay, there's some things that's in you that people need to see. So when we jump into verse 12, it says, There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These are certain Jews, these are certain people that have been called to set a, to, to stand in a certain office. And even when you start thinking about that, that these people, it's you know, even going back in, you know, first and second chapters of, of Daniel, you start looking and there's all this has already been established who these people are. And even when, you know, when you start thinking about, you know, uh, 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 but it says here, O king, have not, they have not regarded thee, they serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image what thou hast set up. Isn't it funny how that certain people start to call attention to the things you're doing, even though it's benefiting and it's, been, it's benefiting everybody. And sometimes when you start looking at the people, even in this certain situation, you got different people of a different culture that are standing out and doing something different. And sometimes, you know, when people can't figure out why you have faith, when people don't understand why you're standing out and people don't understand why you're in a certain position, but you're not doing the same things I'm doing. And sometimes we just say, okay, you know, we say the favor is not fair, but we understand that if the favor comes from God, it doesn't come from me. There are going to be some people, I'm going to tell you right now, that there's going to be some people that are going to be looking over your shoulder, trying to figure out how you got to where you are. They're trying to figure out what's going on in your life, what makes you stand out. And people are going to try to figure out why they can't do the same things you do and do things the way you do. But the reality is because you're doing it by a different measure. You're doing it unto God and not doing it unto man. And that's why you have the grace. That's why you have the faith. That's why you have the ability. That's why God has placed in your hands the ability to go on and do what God's called you to do. Whew. I told you I'm a little bit excited about this. I'm a little bit excited about this. Verse 13. I don't know if I'm preaching to anybody, but I'm already there. Verse 13, it says, Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach. Meshach and Abednego. Look at this. Even though Nebuchadnezzar already had an understanding. And you know what? When it comes to Daniel, when it comes to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I'm not going to, they got their God. They don't do the things that we do. But I understand. They're going to go ahead because it benefits me. I understand. But even in the midst of this situation, he got in his feelings. Sometimes when you get in your feelings, oh, there's, you don't, you lose sight of all the things that's been done for you. When you get in your feelings, you lose sight of all the things that's happening. When the enemy gets in his feelings, they lose sight of all the things that God has already done and placed in your life. In his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach and Meshach Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. They brought the men there. And it was uh, at that time when, when he was uh, uh, looking over the situation, he didn't take, over, take in the situation and think about all the things that, that, that's been lined up. And why these people were in the place that they were in in the first place. But in his anger, he rose up. And even when you start looking at, you know, uh, verse 14, it says, Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true? O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do you not serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? And even when we look at this, 
it's not so much that they he didn't know that they they they're not that they're not going to raise them uh they're not going to pay attention to the to this oh, this image right he already knew that they're going to serve their god this, he already knew that you're not going to serve my god but you know the reality is is he's doing this in front of who the dignitaries he's doing this in front of all the people and the people are taking notice and people are calling out what the situation is. And sometimes even those things that were able to go on and some things that were smoothed over because it was done behind closed doors, now that it comes to the light, there's a problem. And so when we look at this situation, the golden image, and even when we start thinking about the golden image, the golden image, it wasn't, it doesn't say that, you know, it was a desk, it was, it was necessarily a golden image or that was supposed to uh to to be an image of him, but it was supposed to be something that people could rally around. And even when we start talking about, you know, the rules and regulations that are being set, sometimes those rules and regulations are being set, but it's not necessarily taken into consideration who's supposed to follow those rules, right? I'm pretty sure when Nebuchadnezzar made up the rules to serve my God, for everyone to serve my God and worship God's image, he wasn't thinking about the four Jewish boys that he put in the altar. He wasn't thinking about the people that that, you know, already said, hey, already we have an understanding. I'm not going to serve that guy. I'm not going to serve your guys. I'm not going to do the things your way. I'm not going to eat what you eat. There's there's things that you there's your life and there's our lives. We're going to do our thing and we and we'll help you. But there's some things we'll do because this is what God, our God tells us to do. And so we already had that understanding. But in the midst of people. And trying to get people on uh, on the same page in the midst of trying to unify the empire, right, and bring uh, a, a, a new excitement about the empire. He he decided to build this thing up and blow this thing up so that now he's like, okay, well, not everybody needs to be excited about this. And there's four that said that they weren't. There's people that say that okay, they, you know, everyone else is supposed to be excited about this. And we think about that, you know, when you start thinking about that, you know. Uh, uh, there are some things that that we all supposed to gravitate towards, and we and it's, it's interesting when we all don't get excited about it. We're gonna touch on it in verse fifteen. Verse fifteen it says, "Now if you be ready that at what time you hear the sound of a cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made." And why are we talking about this? We're talking about music. And, you know, when we start start thinking about, you know, how people are supposed to be, you know, have the same mindset and get so, you know, have the same way of looking at things. You know, when you think about music, there's so many things that kind of tie into music. You know, it's easier for people to lay down their whims to music. It's easier for people to line up to certain things. I mean, when we start thinking about music, you think about the rhythm. Music is used to, it's used to lead armies into battle, right? It's also used to, for parties, it's used for celebrations, it's used for funerals. It's used as a, as a cultural thing that makes things flow easier. And even when you start thinking about, and, and what he's trying to do is get people to gravitate towards something and believe in something, all to music. Isn't that interesting? And so we, even when we start thinking about, you know, even when we start talking about the the national anthem and you start realizing the national anthem is really the same tune and the same you know wow 
when you start thinking about how that's connected to even you know the 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 music for uh, the national anthem is connected to the music from uh has basically the same score to the god save the queen in england and and then you know even how people are you know supposed to be wrapped up you don't necessarily know what they're so wrapped up in when it comes to what you're supposed to be singing and pre and and, and singing allegiance to and even when you start thinking about it, you don't necessarily know how you know when you think about even when you start thinking about the music of this day how the same tone and tenor kind of goes in line when you start thinking about the math behind certain yeah there's math behind music and even when you start connecting all the dots and see how things kind of go in line that is it's all connected to you know the from what comes from europe and how that kind of bounces off what was once in africa there's so many things that are interconnected so yes you might be listening to a christian song now but you don't necessarily know that there are some things that are still tied to music from centuries ago and so even when you start thinking about how things kind of flow with music and the rhythm and all those things, it's supposed to be, it's interwoven. There's so many things that's supposed to happen with music that you don't, it's, it's, you don't understand how things are connected. And so even when we start looking at this, it says, well, but if you worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour in the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is that guy that shall deliver you out of my hand? And we don't understand sometimes, you know, even in the midst of the music, we are just, you know, going along to the flowing along. And if someone comes to you and says, okay, well, you know, if you, I see you not bobbing your head to the music. I see you not taking in the music. If you don't, I'm going to take you out of here. And for some of us, we don't understand some, it can be that extreme. It can be, you know, for, it doesn't seem likely, but at the same time, that's what's happening in the midst of this moment. They are being confronted by their faith because they're not bouncing their head, bobbing their heads to the music. They're not bowing their heads to the music. They're not relating to the music and all that's supposed to be connected to the music. And sometimes we lose sight of the facts that things are so connected to music. Even when you start talking about, you know, we've all been in a place where, you know, you've heard music that's connected to uh, 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 money, right? You know, especially if you <laughs> grew up in my time frame, the, you know, 99, 2000s. Everything was bling bling. You were connected. Everything was connected to the music. Music's connected to, 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 to the money that you made. It was connected to the, the, the people that you were around, right? It was a songs about the diamonds. It was a song about being the best. It's a song, and even when you start talking about, you know, watching, it's been a, a weekend of me watching Netflix. But but even with with uh there's a there's a documentary, Last Chance You basketball, and the coach got upset because. You know, they were putting uh, slow music on the, on the loudspeaker while the team was warming up. And so, you know, when you start thinking about the music that, you know, most people would use to get excited, to get hyped, to go into a, a you know, a setting to, to compete, they're over there listening to, you know, some sad, solemn music. And so it throws things off. Music can either be used to throw things off or make things connect. And so when we start looking at, all the things that are happening, you know, they're talking about, they're saying, okay, well, if you don't dance to this music, if you don't respond to this music the way I want you to, I'm going to put you in a fiery furnace. See, some of us, and, you know, in that moment, you will catch like a bounce, bounce. You'll, you'll, you'll catch a, a, you know, you start pop locking. There'll be something 
You be placing the situation, the wrong situation at the wrong time. You don't want to be put into the furnace. But God's telling some of us we got to make a decision. We have to decide what part of that culture are we going to accept? What part of that culture are we going to take in? What part of that culture are we going to gravitate and, and, and grab onto? Or are we, going, are we willing to let God have his way? And that's what he says in verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer you in this manner. We don't even have to think about this. This is an easy question. I know you are in, these, in front of these people and, and you feel some type of way about your, your, your image and you feel some type of way about your music. You feel some type of way about your God but, or your gods. But at the same time, we feel a certain way about our God. We're not careful about this situation. And some of us, we are being placed in the midst of having to make hard decisions. And you have to understand, God is looking for people that are not careful. They know that exact, they know exactly what they feel and why they feel what they feel. Do you know what you feel? That's the, that's the question we're asking this morning. When it comes to you cutting out the culture and being about kingdom, do you know what you feel? Do you know what God has placed in you? Do you know what you're supposed to do? Do you know that you are going to do what you're supposed to do when it's, when it's called for? When the time is called for? And even there's some precedence that's being set. And when we start talking about what Daniel said, you know, uh, Daniel and, and the three boys, what was set in motion, even when they were supposed to eat food in the beginning of the chapter and the food that they came their way wasn't, they weren't supposed to. They, they knew they, they, were, they weren't supposed to eat the food because of who they were and what they were supposed to stand on. Matter of fact, they were saying, okay, well, I'll become, if I have to, I'll become a vegetarian while you're eating meat and feeding and getting fat off of, uh, of, uh, off of you know, the stuff that, you know, the, 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 mat, the, 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 uh, the meat and the wine, you're getting fat off of that. God's going to purpose me to be able to have a clear mind because I'm doing what I'm supposed to do over here. I'm eating what I'm supposed to eat over here. So they were, they knew who they were, not based on the culture. The culture didn't impact them or didn't change them or didn't make them change into something else that they knew that they weren't. We're not careful considering this. We know who we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to do and the God that we serve. In verse 17, it said, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able. I want to tell somebody this morning that he's able. He is able to, to deliver you. He is able to bring you through. He is able to keep you. He's able to make sure that you understand that you are not in this alone. There are some of us that we are going through some things. And we are, we are, we are, we are, we didn't necessarily know, you know, where we're coming out of, right? And there's some things that we're going to be going through. <laughs> there's some things that we're in the midst of right now that we're trying to find our way through, but we're not alone. God can deliver. He is able to deliver you from that burning, fiery furnace. Even in the midst of a hot situation and even what God, and look at this, this is what you're being threatened with. Some of the stuff that you've been threatened with hasn't even happened to you yet. But even in the midst of the things that you've been threatened with or the things that you're going to go through or the things you are going through, God is able to deliver, you, deliver us from them all. 
He will deliver. He says, and he will deliver us out of thine hand. And the thing I like about this, he understood that this was, this, this was not just, uh, this. they were on a collective front. The three didn't have to go back and forth about, okay, well, you, are you going to dance? <laughs> they were on the collective front. They were like, okay, we understand. We're together in this. If he burned, I'm going to burn. We're going to burn. And we believe God's going to deliver us out. But if not, we're all going through this. Some of us, we've left some people hanging. Some of us, we because of fear, because of doubt, because of frustration, because of irritation, we've left some people hanging because we didn't necessarily see that the same way. Our faith wasn't there. Are you man enough? Are you woman enough to say, you know what? My faith wasn't there. I didn't believe the same way that they believe, but I'm going to turn. I'm turning over a new leaf. It's a new season. It's a new year. I'm turning the page on what used to be. And I'm realizing that this is what we're going to do. What we're going to do, we're going to put kingdom over our culture. There's no, no longer going to be a culture of fear. There's no longer going to be a, a culture of doubt. There's no longer going to be a culture about, of all about me. We're going to grab hold of what we're supposed to do, and we're going to be in this collective together. We're going to go through this, this furnace, this hot place together. I know it looks, you're weird. I know it looks, you're, it's hot. I know this is a hot situation. But at the same time, are you willing to stay in the fire long enough for God to bring you through it? And sometimes you realize that you are not, this is not you just by yourself in this hot place by yourself. But the people around you that you are going to be, I'm not just praying for myself. I'm praying for someone else to come through this hot thing with me. This is something we all get to experience together. God delivering us, God moving for us, God giving us what we need, fueling us. For us to be able to do, to come through the other side and do what we're supposed to do. Verse 18. It says, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king. He's making it known. Be known. Oh, let it be known. O king, that we will not serve your God, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And he's saying, look at this. This is something that even despite what you do, do you understand the power that you have? Despite what someone else can say, despite what someone else can do, it doesn't change who God made you to be. It didn't change what God placed on the inside of you. It doesn't change anything. They're saying, you know what? Despite what you do, despite what you threaten me with, we will not serve your God, nor worship your golden image. It's not more. It's not about the culture. It's about my God. And so even when we go, we fast forward, it go, we take it over to 23. It says, and these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, balanced in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And even when we start looking at this scripture, going back up a couple of verses, King Nebuchadnezzar was like, okay, fine, we're going to throw you into the furnace. And not only did he throw them, but he used his best men, his mightiest men, to throw them into the furnace. And they threw them in, they were already bound up bound together and so they had no place to move they couldn't play they couldn't move and the the mightiest men they his, he took threw them into the furnace and what that tells me is that sometimes the enemy 
is willing to do whatever he can to make sure you not, don't make him look silly. The enemy will do whatever he can, will use his best, the best resources he has to make sure you don't get out of line. <laughs> Sometimes you have to take into consideration what's being used against you. You don't understand why does it take the mightiest men to take you down? You don't even necessarily know how strong you are. You don't even necessarily know how strong your testimony is. You don't even know how big God has made you because you're looking at yourself. You're looking at your stature, you're looking at what you have, your resources, your things that you've got in your hands, but the enemy already knows I have to use my best to take them out. I'm not preaching to anybody this morning. He had to use the mightiest, the best, and he threw caution to the wind. He understood to take you out, that's expendable. Using my best, that's expendable because I got to get this out of here. Something that comes in with a new way of life, something that comes in with new with, with a free mind or an understanding of, 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 of what real freedom looks like, what real love looks like, what real compassion looks like, with real with, with re, uh, hunger and desire for people to be saved, what that looks like, I got to get that out of here. I'm willing to use my best to quench that. So they fell down, bound into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And some of us, we don't even understand. We feel like we're bound. We feel like our hands are tied. <laughs> I don't know if I'm preaching to anybody else this morning, but sometimes you feel like your hands are tied, that you can't do anything. You use all possible resources. You use every considerable thing that you can do. When it comes to your children, you feel like your hands are bound. When it comes to your, 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 your occupation, your job, whatever your career is, you feel like your hands are bound. Even when it comes down to some things in ministry, sometimes it feels like we can't seem to get over a certain hump, feel like your hands are bound. But into the midst of the burning fire furnace you go. And look at this in verse 24. Verse 24 says, and then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, did we not throw bound men, three bound into the midst of the fire? They answered, said unto the king, true, O king. <laughs> Sometimes there has to be a witness to what God's gonna do. Sometimes even for a witness, a witness for the person that don't believe, a witness for the people that, that are the naysayers, the people that, that say that you can't have, the say that you won't do, say that you're not supposed to be, say that you won't get there. There has to be a witness. It's one thing for them to see it for themselves. They can say, okay, well, am I crazy? But when someone else sees it, then there's a recognition that happens. There are people, and we start talking about the counselors, the people that saw it were the counselors. These are not just common people, not common folk, but the people that he goes to, looks to for advice, looks to for acknowledgement, looks to for acceptance, looks to for, for, for uh, understanding, a deeper understanding. They're counseling him and showing him, yeah, I'm seeing the same thing you're seeing. We might need to think about this thing a different way. 
That's what the enemy is saying about us. That's what the enemy is saying about those certain people, the certain people that have those abilities that are called apart, that are doing different things because God said doing it, doing it God's way. We have to look at this thing a little bit differently. I'm a counsel you king for you to look at this thing a different way. We all might have to think about this thing in a different way. Because verse 25, he answered and said, lo, I see four men loose. Oh, my goodness. Walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the son of God. Even when we look at this, we understand that he's in the midst of us. Come on now. What we're going through, the things that you're experiencing. The things that, you know, it seem like it's uncharted territory for some of us. It's so hot. It's so uncomfortable. It's so, you feel tried. You feel, you feel bound. You feel like you can't do anything. But in the midst of that, you know, God's walking and he's the one that you can set you free. He's the one that can make you whole. He's the one that can make you have access. He's the one that can open doors. He's the one that can push you through to the other side. Not only are you in the fire, you're walking in the midst of the fire. Once before you were bound and couldn't walk, now you're in the midst and you have full free, full, full loose of your uh, full use of, of what God has placed in your hands. You're walking in the midst of the fire and you don't feel the hurt. Come on. That's what you were afraid of, right? That's what you were threatened with. You were threatened with being threatened with the pain. And some of us, we've been threatened with the pain of the past. Some of you have been threatened with the pain uh, of, of, of trying to go on and do the, do the right thing. You know that going through the right, doing the right thing is sometimes it can hurt because it's hurt before. But God's telling you that if you continue to step forward and move forward, you won't feel the pain of this thing this time. Sometimes the pain that you felt before, it was, it was a precursor, right? But it didn't stop you then. And being and now it shouldn't stop you now. There shouldn't be that that pain that you are going through didn't feel you, you won't feel the effects of anything that you're going through because God's on your side now. I'm just gonna let that sink in. You won't feel the effects of what you're going to go through now because God's on your side. All the things that you were waiting on. And you're a little bit fearful. You're a little bit doubtful. You're a little bit, uh, you held back a little bit because you didn't want to put it all out there. Oh, come on. Come on. There's some things that you hadn't told nobody that you want to do. God told you that was going to be you, but you didn't put it out there because you were just a little pain. You were just a little afraid of the pain. <laughs> I don't know if I'm talking to anybody else. I'm talking to myself. There were some things that I didn't put out there all the way because I was just a little afraid of the pain. Okay, all right. So even when we start looking at this, verse 26, I'm sorry, verse 28, excuse me. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Look at this, this how things turn. <laughs> when, the, when the enemy recognizes he's no longer on the winning side, some things can change, right? Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's words 
I want to tell you today, if you can change the king's word, you can change the culture. If you can change the king's word, that means you can change the culture. Whatever is that high thing in your life, whatever that high thing is, if you can have that speak about your God, then you can change the culture. It's no, so it's no, it's no longer about the culture being what's high and what's high and lifted. It was about what's God's being, God being high and lifted up. He recognized an angel has come and delivered his servants that trusted in his God, in their God, and changed the God and changed King's word. And yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any God except their own God. Look at that. He said, you know what? I defer. <laughs> I let this down. I lay this down because you know what? I recognize that there's a better way. I recognize it might not be for everybody else. Everybody else might have a problem with me, but with them four, especially these three now that we're talking about that I threw in the furnace and that have come out unsinged, I see why they're called. I see why they're pulled apart. They're, they're away, they're, they're outside of our culture. I see why they can't do the things that we do. Oh, I'm telling you, if somebody's still looking at you to do things the same way that they do it, and they don't believe what you believe, then there's, an un, there's a misunderstanding. He's saying that you have to be, it's got to be okay with them to see that you do, the, do it your way. Do it God's way, excuse me. It's got to be okay that you're going to do this God's way. And even when we start looking at how he pulled him through and what he said about it, this has turned into his testimony. His testimony is, I've seen how they changed my own words. I've seen them come through with their bodies unsinged. I see now they don't have to serve who I serve. They can serve their own God. Verse 29. Therefore, I make a decree that every people, nation, and language will speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut into pieces. And their houses should be made a dung field because there is no other God that could deliver after this sword. And one thing you can say about Nebuchadnezzar, he is about making statements. He's about, he's about making it be known what he feels and how he feels about it. He not only said that you're not going to say anything about it, but the people of nation language, everyone, we're not going to say anything about their God. Because if you do, you're going to have a problem with me. You're going to be cutting the pieces and I'm going to stomp on your house. I'm going to flatten your house down. I'm making a dung hill. Where people relieve themselves. <laughs> We're not touching this. We're not touching this issue. They understood. He understood. Not only do I not want this problem, but my empire doesn't want this problem. He changed. They changed the culture. And we're not talking about this was a people of thousands and millions, hundred thousands, millions. We're talking about four. Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
change the culture. We keep looking at what we need to do or what we need to see from big numbers. To be big numbers, you have to make an impact. That's not so. We start thinking about, okay, well, it's us against them. There's so many of them. How can we make it? All they needed was for to change the kingdom. The biggest empire of all time for people. So when we start looking at how the nation change, the language change, it really gives us pause to think about, you know, when it comes to culture, we have to understand that we, we just have a different agenda in mind. God has a different agenda for us. We have to move in God's time. We have to, 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 to do what God's called us to do. And that's going to cause us to stand out. But even in that standing out, it may draw some attention. But we're meant to not be like everyone else. We're meant to be trailblazers. We're cutting out that part of the, of the culture that says it's okay to do certain things a certain way. We have to do it God's way. And even in doing that, it's not to be, it's not to be preachy. It's not to, to look at these, these four. These four did it not to, to, to hold something over people's head, but they just said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead by example. It's not about what I say. It's about what I do. And even in doing this, this is, this is how we're going to trailblaze. This is, going, this is how you blaze a trail for others because people are not just watching what you say. They're watching what you stand for. And we understand that even in this, in 2023, as we're blazing this trail, we understand this is not just for us. This is for some family. Come on now. This is for some friends that just, you know, on the outside looking in. They're, 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 they're not going to be sucked into that culture of, of depression. They're not going to be sucked into the culture of lying and cheating. They're not going to be sucked into the culture of hate and racial discrimination. They're not going to be sucked into uh, selfishness and backbiting. They're not going to be sucked into lack and loss. They're not going to be sucked into uh, a suicide. They're going to see us and they're going to see a better way. So we might have to step into the fire. We might have to have to go into some things. But when we come out, people are going to see that God was with us all along. And that's the message I have for you this day. I just want to encourage you, you know, with the word like this, you know, uh, you know, it changing the culture. Becoming more about the kingdomhood that that changes some things for us. There should be a psalmist. There should be a new song. Come on now. Artists, you should be painting and drawing a little bit differently. Business people, there should be ways you're doing business. Business should include Jesus, include God's way. It's not, it shouldn't be doing this the same way that it used to be done because we're changing the culture. So I just want to encourage you once again. Thank you so much for allowing me to share with you what God shared with me. And that's today's prayer. 
Thanks for tuning in and please make sure to visit us at churchatphila.com for more podcasts and ways to connect with us on social to like, subscribe, follow, and share content as it comes along. Special thanks to those who give in so many ways to this ministry. We could not do any of this without you. And if you want to give or be a part, visit churchatphila.com forward slash give for more information. Thanks so much for listening. God bless.